0: national signing day is here the pac 12 did a decent job in some areas but the best part about it though was the announcement videos we are going to rank them as well as the recruiting classes and give you guys a deep dive into what to expect out of your team for the future i'm george reister he's ralph amsden and this is the pac 12 apostles Pac-12 Apostles is the, pack, is the podcast by Pac-12 fans for Pac-12 fans if you want the truth if you want to hear what's really going on of course make sure you share the podcast with a friend tell a friend about the Pac-12 Apostles and of course leave a five star rating and review of the podcast because that's one of our favorite segments is talking about it um, you guys can get a hold of us at Pac-12 Apostles at George Reister, at Ralph Amsden, or you can shoot us an email. I'm mad, I-M-M-A-D, at unafraidshow.com. So, Ralph, National Signing Day, it's like the Super Bowl for college football because it's where hope, all the hope is sold because fans, they look and they say, oh, yes, our recruiting class has got 80,000 stars. Yours sucks and it's supposed to be indicative of how your team is looking and, and the outlook but sometimes getting a bunch of three stars can actually be the answer for rebuilding for a team even though you may not be able to compete for a championship
1: yeah and i think it's important for people to realize what the star system actually means um, a lot of people look at the three four five stars and they think to themselves. Oh, that's like, that's going to be the best college player, a five-star. But that's not at all what it's a reference to. Not at all. Five-star is somebody that either rivals or 24-7 is predicting that anywhere from three to five years from now will be a first-round pick. That's what a five-star is. So a five-star could come into your school, underperform, and go 17th overall, and justify their ranking. It has nothing to do with how they'll perform in college. A four-star is somebody that Rivals are 24-7 is predicting will end up an NFL draft pick regardless. The other way to look at that is they believe that that player will be a standout college football player. So a four-star is good. That means that you have an NFL player on your roster, but Rivals isn't ranking college football players they're ranking potential pros so colleges are colleges are celebrating the high star rankings that they get but it's not even a reference to what's going to happen in college it's the actual three stars that rivals is projecting will be college level starters power five starters Um, that's what a three star is and so the difference between a three and a five star at the collegiate level like let's say it's a three star quarterback and a five star quarterback could be the difference between your uh, Mackenzie Milton, three-star quarterback that throws for 10,000 yards, and Kyle Allen, five-star quarterback who transfers and then leaves school early, goes undrafted, but still ends up an NFL starting quarterback. So it doesn't guarantee that that player is going to come in and perform at a high level for you. That. Presumption is there, but that's not entirely what that means. And so, three stars, not bad. That means that they believe that will be a college football starter at the uh, power five level. So, if you got a bunch of three stars, then that means that you have a bunch of people that rivals are twenty four seven believe will be productive football f- players. And then within the rivals, I know that they have like rankings of if it's a high four star, or low four star, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, three stars are not bad if you can uh, coach them up. Um, not not at all, nothing to be ashamed of.
0: Yeah, and sometimes three stars turn into first round draft picks and sometimes walk-ons do as well. But there there is history that does support that five stars do have a higher propensity of being NFL draft picks, period, right? Oh yeah, the 24-7 and rivals hit on
1: almost half every single year. And if you think about that, you're projecting what's going to happen with a 17-year-old by the time they're 21 or 22, um, that's actually really good if you look at it from that perspective. If you only look at it in hindsight and you're more of a cynical person, then there's always stuff that you're going to be able to pick apart. I mean, like, so for for people like me, it's not just rivals, but it's college coaches. Like, I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. You and I have had it out a bunch of times about that. Um, He's doing pretty well for himself uh, right now, but he, he is. (laughs) <laughs> he did not have any offers coming out of high school, and then when he was in his one year of JUCO, he grew like two and a half inches, and then Wyoming was his only offer. And so people look at rivals in 24-7, and they're like, well, you missed this one. But like, yeah, well, so did every college coach in the country. Like, If you're going to believe college coaches when they say that they don't rely on these recruiting rankings, which some of them very much do but if you're going to believe them when they say that they don't then you're going to leave the evaluating up to them and guys like that everybody missed on guys like carson wentz everybody missed on and so you know it it it
0: doesn't the ranking that you're given wasn't that good at that time it's very possible (laughs) <laughs> because there are late bloomers like so you, oh maybe you didn't miss yeah so maybe. like kyle trask
1: kyle trask never started a high school game what's rival supposed to do with that he never exactly. started a single game in high school not one and he might win a heisman this year what is what is 24 7 supposed to do there call him a five star <laughs> he never played yeah yeah. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not out to de- like, they can, they can defend themselves. I'm I'm not part of the rankings meetings. I'm just a lowly um, website publisher on the, on the rivals network. But I, I mean, it's very, very easy. Like I was there when Mike Farrell, the national recruiting director first laid eyes on Nikhil Harry, when he first laid eyes on him, he just goes, that's a five-star didn't even like, he he's just like, that's what a five-star looks like.
0: Yeah, I saw him, <laughs> and, and and you're like, well, duh! Like it's easy to see that like he was physical, he was fast, he was explosive, and then guess what? He turned out to be a first round draft pick. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so then
1: that's that's the funny thing, right? Is that the 32nd overall pick in that draft was Nikhil Harry, which justifies that five star ranking. The next pick was Byron Murphy, who was from the same state, was Nikhil Harry's best friend. Uh, they went to two different colleges. Um, but he was a four star. So, like, that made, just if you're looking at that, I was like, wow, that's that makes rivals look brilliant that, like, that you go from five to four right at 32 to 33. And they were both from the same state, evaluated by the same guy. They were both uh, Blair Angulo guys, who's now with 24 uh, 7. Um, and you're just like, wow, like, it, it actually sometimes definitely works. But then you definitely have guys who grow and outperform, like J.J. Watt. How do you explain J.J. Watt? Right. Like a two star who was very obviously the most dominant college player of his time was like the 11th overall pick to the to to the Texans and is going to go to the NFL Hall of Fame. You know, there's not really anything you could do with that. You didn't know that he was going to go to college and gain all that weight and be who he was. But if you have if you're the right kind of college coach, you can see that and you can make something of it, especially uh, these people out at Utah and schools like that, that bring those three stars with good frames in and they're able to build them up.
0: Yeah, I yeah I totally agree with that. That the rank. See, I'm a person I believe in rankings and rankings and coaching. So that on, on a certain level, rankings do matter because like you you can't win a national championship without the horses. Like we talked about it last year with Utah, Utah versus Oregon in the conference championship game. Everybody was touting Utah. They had guys who had developed into into really good NFL players. But the problem is when you have a freshman who can come in like Kayvon Thibodeau did as a as a five star, and he comes in and makes a big impact as a freshman. So now you don't have to wait. <laughs> you you actually get that impact early and then he's going to get better and better. So where so where you're hoping other people finish, those guys sometimes come in and start at but coaches still do have to develop those players because there are plenty of times that we see four star guys and they don't turn into they like those dudes are garbage. And or well, that's a that's a strong word. They're not garbage. It, it's just they didn't pan out for whatever reason, um the way that people thought they were. But recruiting rankings, they're so like. I do believe on some level they are a little bit biased especially toward the SEC schools because if a a high level recruiting site person told told me that Georgia is the school that you have to circle and watch that once players get Georgia offers it's some kind of way they start shooting up the rankings and that that does happen. So that's something that you have to pay attention to. I think if you I, I think I think the interesting thing to do would be
1: to build some kind of a tracker to to track these things over time um, in like a spreadsheet or something like that. At that that would be the most interesting to me. I know that I work for Rivals and we have somebody, or at least in this last recruiting cycle things have shifted around a little bit, but we had like at one time we had Chad Simmons, Woody Womack, and Rob Cassidy all in the Southeast, and then Sam Spiegelman, technically in the Southeast because he was based out of Louisiana. So we had four recruiting reporters in what I consider to be one region, like ACC, SEC area. And then we just had Adam Gorney, who was over the whole West Coast by himself, right? And then you have 24-7, and 24-7 has um, not as many people out on the East Coast, but on the West Coast, they've got Greg Biggins and Brandon Huffman and Blair Angulo. So you have to take a look at both of those rankings and realize a lot more kids are getting seen in person on the West Coast by the 24-7 crew, and a lot more kids are getting seen in person on the East Coast and the Southeast in particular by the Rivals crew. And that's just sort of, you know, I trust evaluations more when a recruiting evaluator has seen a prospect in person at least twice like that to me is incredibly important you can do some stuff over film you can do some stuff based on the offers that a kid is getting and trusting the college coaches who are doing the evaluating along with the film that you watch but i still think you need to go out and see those kids and so um, yeah You know, and that's just me being frank and and honest. And like I said, I'm a Rivals website publisher, and I would love for nothing more than for Rivals to be 10 times better than 24-7. But that's not the case. It's just a bunch of people who are out there trying to do their best. And the rankings look kind of similar. I will say this. ESPN is not good. They don't have anybody actually watching the kids in person. And if the rankings on ESPN look anything similar to 24-7 or Rivals, it's because they're copying them. So that's that. yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) so there's, so there's that. Um, okay. So we got the recruiting rankings, the, as they stand right now, um, the, some of the teams have moved up and down the overall recruiting rankings, but here are the PAC 12 rankings so far in the PAC 12 alone. Um, Oregon state, is in the cellar right now at number 12 with eight commits, which is very low for, and they have eight three-star commits and they are, yeah, that's not good for the early signing period, but maybe they're hoping that some kids that they can find some kids that would ordinarily be at Sacramento state or, you know what I mean? Going to somebody. And you're on,
1: you're, you're holding it down on the 24 seven end, right? Like I'm over on, I'm over on rivals. So according to rivals, two of the signees are two stars and they actually have nine as having signed uh, a letter of intent.
0: Okay. Um, Arizona is at number 11, Arizona with no head coach at number 11 with, uh, 18 commits. And it says they're either all three stars or two stars.
1: Yeah. And I, I have the same thing, but only 13 of them have signed their letter of intent. Uh, um, or publicly sign their letter of intent because some of these some of these players ask not to have that revealed. Even if they do sign, that's kind of a new thing they like to announce on like Christmas or in um, in early January or something like that. Uh, so they keep their actual signing under wraps. Uh, some of them have just chosen to possibly wait until February. So, um, according to rivals. 13 of the 18 signed their letter of intent um this yesterday
0: um Stanford at number 10 they only signed two players yesterday right uh i think so i think that's kind of
1: well no i have i have them all as signed i have i have them all as signed on my end um but then again like it, their whole process is very strange to me i don't fully um, understand it or understand whether it works like everybody else's, but I have them with all 14 commitments having actually signed a letter of intent. Okay. Well, see. and a much, much lower ranking. So they have one four star according to rivals, um, which is very un Stanford. Like they have two yeah, and, stars on here.
0: And 13. Yeah. That is not Stanford. Like at all. Like that they've been in the top 25 top 10, well, top 15 multiple times. Um, next up is Colorado with how many kids do you have that they signed?
1: I have Colorado with 17 signees. Um, TJ Patu and Ashton Logan are the only ones listed as only verbal commits. That's a linebacker and a kicker. Everybody else that says has signed, All are three stars on rivals except for defensive end Alan Baugh out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and Jackson Anderson, an offensive lineman out of Mineola, Texas. No four stars in their class. Oh, they actually have two kickers, um, because why not? Uh, so they have a two-star <laughs> kicker named Cole Beckler out of Rockland, California, and a two-star defensive tackle named Ryan Williams, 6'5", 251, out of Perlin, Texas. So actually a bunch of two stars in this class, two and, two and three. No four stars per rivals except for Eric Olson out of Littleton, Colorado, a 6'5", 235
0: tight end. All right, uh, next up they have, it is Washington State coming in the eighth spot. How many kids did they sign? Let's see here. Um, Publicly,
1: it says that Washington State signed 19 of the 20. So that's a pretty big class. Yep. Um, And they're in the same boat as far as uh, not a lot of really high-level kids. Um, one four-star named C.J. Moore out of Fort Dodge, Iowa, a 6-foot, 180-pound wide receiver. Uh, Outside of that, all three and two stars, an average class ranking of, I think, like 2.7 stars. So the bottom six teams that you just went over, I think Stanford Stanford had one four-star, or the bottom five teams you just went over, Stanford, Colorado, and Washington State all had one four-star Arizona and and Oregon state had none.
0: Mm, That's not good. See, okay. I actually, I would have to pull up the other. Okay. So let's look at the, actually let's finish and then we'll go. So next up Arizona state who uh, dropped a bunch of kids and have found themselves in the middle of the PAC 12 rankings.
1: Yeah, they dropped a ton of kids, and then the idea is that they're they got about seven rides left that they want to use in what Herm Edwards is calling free agency, the new recruiting, uh, which is going to happen, um, you know, through the transfer portal. And I'm interested to hear whether or not you think that that's wise.
0: There are so many kids in the transfer portal. In a year that you can't evaluate them, I think that that going known quantity is probably a good idea. I I mean, but it also signals, too, that you couldn't land some of the guys that you wanted. I mean, I, I think that that's the biggest thing that it says, that you couldn't get the guys that you wanted in general because you otherwise you wouldn't need to shop in the scratch and dent bin.
1: That, yeah, if if we're going to be very fair to Arizona State's class, there's about everybody in USC's – everybody in USC's hall and Oregon's hall had an Arizona State offer, Um, so – you know, definitely well,
0: every, everybody in the country has an Arizona State offer. Let's <laughs> come on now. They did, I think
1: they did go over 300 for the first time, but um, yeah, Arizona State has a one four star recruit also that's currently signed, and that is Lanyata Alexander, a wide receiver out of Bury in Washington. They do have two four stars that elected not to sign, um, and uh, y- you know. The, there's an interesting story, I think, with both of these. Uh, Ezra Dotson Oyedite, an offensive lineman out of Garland, Texas. Um, he may sign, he may not. And then Isaiah Johnson, a defensive back out of Playa del Rey, California. Um, they were hoping to have three, four stars per rivals in this initial signing class, and they ended up with one.
0: Then we came UCLA in the sixth spot, and they kind of came up. They flipped the kid from Michigan and flipped the kid and, and well and then signed George Moore, who I think was supposed to go to USC. So that was a big deal. Chip Chip Kelly pulling in two four stars on, on signing day. That was that was huge for them, even though um how many of their commits did they actually sign? I have
1: it at let's see. 15? 15, 15 yeah, of the 15 of the 17. Um, yeah, I mean the, the, the Josh Moore, the wide receiver out of Georgia, that was a big deal for them. Quentin Somerville. Um, first of all, let's just talk about this defensive line class. Cause the defensive line is already playing well. And then they have a couple of hybrid defensive end linebackers that are already playing as freshmen out there. Um, one of which is Quentin Somerville's teammate from, from last year, who's actually on the field every down uh, for for UCLA. But let's talk about this. They got four defensive ends, I think, from four different parts of the country. They flipped Quentin Somerville from Michigan, who had been commis- committed to Michigan for like six months um, and was a Rivals 250 player. They got a defensive end, a 6'4", 240 defensive end out of Copley, Ohio. They got Taylor, uh, Tyler Keen, uh, 6'4", 250-pound defensive end out of Las Lunas, New Mexico. And then I think there was one more. Oh, yeah, Christian Burkhalter, um, a 6'5", 225 defensive end out of Spanish Fort, Alabama. So, a lot of attention being paid to that front seven out at UCLA, and their defense was definitely the most surprising element of, uh, of, of the whole thing this year. And what made things really interesting today was when Football Scoop came out momentarily and said, hey, uh, Chip Kelly's actually going to be gone after this season. And uh, Martin German, their athletic director, came out and scolded Football Scoop and t- said they're way
0: off. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I guess football scoop was way off when the, when the new athletic director is like, uh, no, he's not going anywhere. So yeah, yeah, I, I think that, I think that means that you missed. Um, and then you got Washington up next. This was not the class that Washington looking at their boards a few months ago, cause they were screaming, this is going to be the year to decommit. And they only have 15 people in this class. This was not what they wanted. And uh, Emeka Ekbuka signed with Ohio State. Um, yeah, that was rough. That was rough for the whole Pac-12. Yeah, and Uh, to allow, uh he doesn't... There's rumors about where he's going to go, but it doesn't appear that Washington is going to be it either. So for them to have five... What, they have five, three stars in this, five, no, three, five stars in the state of Washington, and they got, uh what, none of them? No, one, because they because they got Heward. Yeah, that's not, and especially when, um and then there was another high four-star, too, in Troy Franklin, who also played with Heward on his seven, on seven team. That's not a good look for them.
1: Yeah, I think the pride of uh the pride of this class for Washington, they got two poly kids on the uh, at defensive tackle, 63 306 pounds uh Kuao Pehopa and Voy Tanufi uh out of Salt Lake City, 62 265, both four-star defensive tackles. I think that they're super proud of that. Uh they got a four-star I believe JUCO tight end Quentin Moore 6'6", 250. so they 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 definitely kind of reloaded with some of the size. Um, they were real happy about keeping Owen Prentice, their offensive lineman, uh, local boy home. But they they need in order for this class to be what they need it to be. Sam Heward has to be as advertised. He has to go out yeah, there at six one one seventy, and he has to try to compete with Dylan Morris and take his job immediately. Um, and you already saw Jacob Sermon bounce out of there, and you wonder how long it's going to be until, you know, you know I, Ethan Garbers, you know, is he going to stick around? Um, when you have another five-star quarterback coming in behind him and a young quarterback in Dylan Morris, who's currently taking snaps. They have a really interesting situation where they're very deep at quarterback. However, um, you know a lot of these kids are going to want to play right away. They're at that level. So if Sam Heward is who the recruiting services said that he is, then this could be a really special class. Um, if not, it might just end up being another class where Washington ends up real strong on both sides of the ball, but without the athletes to move around.
0: Yeah. Um, and then you got Utah at four. They came from the cellar, boy. They Remember a few months ago when we were talking about like when they even uh, furloughed the coaches and we were like, how the hell are they going to recruit? Yeah. And then they ran all the way up to number four. Uh, how many commits do they have before we even go over the the ones specifically, how many signed?
1: Well, they they got sixteen of them, um, and they they got four four stars, which I don't think that feels very much like Utah. I could be wrong, but four four stars in a class. I don't know when the last seemed like a lot. For that them. They yeah. Well, no, they I guess so. I guess they pulled it off last year because they got that uh, late. And, um, oh, the, they, the DB. They signed off four guys. Remember, they all came in real late. We even did a show on it Van Fillinger, Nate Ritchie, Xavier Carlson, and Carl Phillips, the DB. They all came in uh, a year ago today um, and they locked them in. And then Ty Jordan was part of that class too. And so, um, you know, that, yeah. So two years in a row with four four stars, That is um, that is, that's pretty damn good considering you know, they're, they're, uh they're considered to not be at the top of the heap as far as their ability to recruit. But I think, I think they're really building. I think this is three yeah. pretty good classes in a row, even though they were technically ranked 60th in the recruiting rankings in, in 2019, they were 31 last year. And then they're in the top four of the PAC 12 this year
0: so far. Yeah. Yep. Um, then in the three spots, you got Cal, Cal, they signed every one of their 18 commits, right? And nobody yeah. expected them really to be in the three spot right now. They they loaded
1: up early. Um, they had a four-star commit. Um, Jermaine Terry, I think, who, who was their best signee, according to rivals. Um, I think ASU might have made a late run at, and they did not. Um, they did not get him. Uh, but this is this is just a really solid class. They got sixteen or they got fifteen three stars, a two-star offensive lineman out of uh out of Washington that they're hoping is going to be pretty good. And then they got the two four star, uh, pass catchers, which is what they really need. Jermaine Terry, um, 6'4", 235 tight end out of Richmond, California. And then, uh, um, J. Michael Sturdivant, a wide receiver out of Flower Mound, Texas, six, 182. And, and, um, yeah, they they got really high hopes for them. And then they did what they do every single year. They took a bunch of talent out of, uh, Arizona. They're hoping that Kai Milner is going to be the truth at them for, for quarterback. I know that they don't have a ton of faith in uh, some of the backups that they have uh, right now for Chase Garber. So they're hoping that Kai Milner can just take over uh, for, for Garber's. Um, And then one of my favorite commits of the entire class, uh, they got a six foot two, 200 pound safety named Hunter Barth, who is the 20 years younger uh, little brother of Mike Barth, who was the kicker at ASU, I believe, back when you were playing.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, and then we got USC in the two spot. They were able to land Jackson Dart and then um, come back up to um in, in the top fifteen of the overall rankings. But uh th- how many of their twenty commits did they sign? Nineteen. Nineteen.
1: Um the the one that I'm not sure about, uh Cy Mac oh, this is a rough one. Mappa Katoilo? He was from Arizona. He moved out to go to like Bishop Alemany and then he moved back to Arizona. Um this year I never actually got a chance to go out and see him play 65280. Uh I don't know his deal. I don't know why he didn't sign on. That's something I got to look into. But this is a really really good class, George. Like really good. Even if you you you're going to assume that they're going to lose one of these two quarterbacks eventually. Um I have not seen Jackson Dart in person. A guy who used to work for me last year did go out and see him, thinks he's the truth. I have seen Miller Moss in person. I think that he's very good for a Graham Harrell offense to make quick decisions and dink and dunk. I don't think he's all that great of a a, a downfield passer, but I mean, Kyron Ware Hudson, which was a little bit of a surprise that he didn't follow his brother to Oregon was really big for them. Anthony Beavers has been a high-level recruit since he was a freshman in high school. And so they're very excited to to see what he can do after having to take a year off because of um, you know, what happened with California high school football. What I'm really interested in is there are probably 10-15 kids from California in this class who will not have played in a year. And I think wow. that that's yep. um that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out and how that affects their class as a whole.
0: Um and then in the one spot you have Oregon and they had 21 they have 21 commits. How many uh did they sign? Let's see. I'll give you the answer. They they signed tw- they signed 20 of the 21. The only one that they didn't sign was Jonathan Flo um, uh, Justin Flo's brother, because he is, uh, academically challenged. So they didn't want to, uh, because if you sign him and then for some reason he doesn't qualify, then you've actually used up that scholarship. So, so you, so he'll sign in the fall if he, um, if he makes it through. That was a surprise to me because I know
1: that, um, (laughs) I hope I'm not giving away too much. I don't care. I'll burn a source. His people told us far before Justin ever committed to, uh, to Oregon. um, When, you know, Miami was still on the table. USC was still on the table. His people said, Hey, you know, we're going to send Justin to Oregon. We're going to send Jonathan to Arizona state. And it was like almost, it felt like a foregone conclusion, especially when the first part of that came through. And so, uh, for him to end up at Oregon was a little bit of a surprise to me I don't know what really happened there um, this is a this is a great class this is the reason that Mario Cristobal just inked an extension um, and we'll we'll be hanging out in Eugene for a lot longer uh, the fact that they held on to seven McGee for three years was <laughs> pretty wild because that doesn't happen very often yeah uh, um. And he uh, he he hasn't always been out in Rochester, New York, right? Did he move so that he could play?
0: Yeah, a senior yeah, season. Been, yeah, he was in Cali.
1: Yeah, uh, Ty Thompson, who I've seen play probably ten times, um, and is just physically ready to go. Uh, I've I've said for a long time, he is Desha- He he has Deshaun Kaiser's body with like a sixteen-year-old's face. He's he's just physically he I sent you that picture of him, George, of him getting picked up by uh, by his linebacker after winning his second straight championship. And he had a he he had it. You got to post that sometime. He had a bicep that looked like he was like uh, computer
0: enhanced. It looked like Justin Flo's bicep in that picture before the season started. Um it, who, it looked like uh Tim Tebow, that game. Tim Tebow golf picture. That's what his arm looks like. Um we we, we uh, might actually see Justin Flow in the game tomorrow versus really USC. wow, I yep. thought he
1: was out for the year.
0: Um yeah, he he may be back. Um so overall we have the um Oregon is sitting in the sixth spot right now over in the overall on 24 7. You have USC at 13, and then Cal at 25, Utah at 29, Washington at 30. And then we have UCLA at 45, Arizona State at 47. This is way too low for any Pac-12 team. The, um, But, I mean, I guess you still do have the Iowa States of the world down here. Uh, 56, Washington State. 59 Colorado 61 Stanford, but they'll m- move up just from the simple fact they don't have that many kids yet. And they need a full class because they're down on scholarships anyway. Um, Arizona at 65. And is that it? No. Cause there's still Oregon state left. Um, geez. Okay. Let me load, load more, load more. Um, I haven't gotten to Oregon's. Oh, 111 Oregon state. They're down with Georgia, Southern New Mexico state and Ohio. So, yeah, so there's, there's that. Um, but the cool part about it is, is that these teams, when they, their social media teams have been very busy, they drop these, recruiting videos, essentially when they sign players, like they drop these, uh, these edits or these little short videos for them. So we decided to rank them, rank them from worst to best or best to worst, because this is what we do. We rank things. And there were some that were absolutely fantastic. And there were some that were trash. I mean like it was low effort and I was just like I know that you have kids going to your school for graphic design or creative and they're I don't think that some of these teams are spending enough money on their uh on their social media teams. Well that was I mean Arizona
1: state was in that boat a few a few years ago they were considered to be the bottom of of all of it and now you know they put up, put a lot more effort into um into you know they took that locker out to the desert um, to shoot the 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 commitment introduction stuff um, you know they it it it's part of college football now it's not just with name image and likeness coming in but you have to find a way to differentiate yourself and people will find a way to blame it on the kids and the culture and the look at me and all that stuff but it's the adults that are doing it so yeah like <laughs> it's it's the adults that are doing it and and everybody else is just keeping up with the Joneses. You have a choice to not do it if you don't want to.
0: No, um, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you, right. You, I, yeah. you will be left behind if you don't. Um, so what? who did you think was the worst? Who did you have coming in at number 12? Uh, I did not
1: like well, – I I don't have them all ranked out, from, but, but I okay. will tell you the one that I did not like um, – it was originally UCLA's because it was just huddle video. I didn't I didn't care for that all that much, but um, I just saw Oregon State's and it was like a, you know, like a paper man. Um, I I don't know how to explain it. It's like a paper version of the recruit in the forest. It's like the. Um, Flat Stanley. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Flat Stanley. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was not, it was not not hot. It was not hot, dude. It would almost
1: have been better if they leaned into flat Stanley and like put the recruit on a stick and had him like marching through the forest and like kind of made it corny. That would be hilarious, but it wasn't, it wasn't so corny that it was funny and it wasn't good enough to be like, to really stand out. So Oregon state was at the bottom for me. And then just above that, I, I didn't really see any creativity at all in what UCLA did. None. What? Okay. It's so just their huddle video, George. Okay. That's what every single team has done
0: every year. Okay. So for me, I had Oregon State at the bottom. Theirs was the worst because they didn't even have a video. They didn't, They put minimal effort into this. I mean, just minimal effort. Like, they, I, I get it's a pandemic year, all of that, but you got to do better than that. That was not good enough, and yeah. So there's no excuse for what they did not do. After that was Colorado for me. Yes, we got a chance to know the players, but the quality of the video was just atrocious. I was like, "Bruh, come on." Yeah, like, it was got to do better than it that. was bad. It, it was bad office uh, Zoom meeting vibes for sure. Exactly. Somebody who didn't have enough. Uh, some somebody who didn't have enough bandwidth for whatever they were trying to do. It was bad, dude. It was really bad. Um, I would go yeah. So who do you have in the next tier? I guess because because you have UCLA toward toward the bottom, and I have Colorado. The the clear losers for me in this were Oregon State and Colorado. I would say toward the middle.
1: Um, I feel like it's been done. But it was still pretty cool, and it's like my favorite thing ever, and so I'll always have some level of attachment to it. But Utah, with the um, the NCAA 14 like video game graphics for each recruit, uh, I mean, it was, it's just kind of taking what UCLA did and putting it in a video game. But they also made it like a menu screen in the beginning, which I thought was pretty cool. Um so I don't know. I, I would say that that one was toward the middle for me, um, and then oh, I don't. I don't want to say this and break your heart, George. But I so in in the very beginning, at the top top for me was Oregon with the with their VHS tape, um, and then into the stadium and all that. I thought that was really cool, but that was until I watched another school's that was kind of similar and it had come out before theirs. Uh, and so that was
0: different. It was, it was materially different. You couldn't have even sued for what you saw,
1: but it was, but it was like a cassette tape and a VHS tape. Come on. Like it was, come on. I thought it was different,
0: but okay. All right. And then, okay. So who was your, yeah. So what, what was your next tier? Um, this is me being nitpicky again. I don't know
1: if I fully buy in to the whole Boulevard nickname for USC. The thing they're doing with, with BLVD studios. Yeah. Like calling USC the Boulevard, like quality wise, probably the top. Right. But having your, your players like FaceTime with Instagram influencers and, you know, we, you and I talked about that party video that they filmed that they had to take down. I loved that one. But having like Keaton Slovis be in your recruit stuff, it feels like it's more about the players on the team than it is that the players coming in. And again, I'm being nitpicky because production value, this is obviously at the top, top, top. But but um, I'm not, I, I wasn't all about it. I wasn't over the moon for it.
0: Yeah, and, and my next tier which was toward the bottom, I had Arizona State because theirs didn't even have a picture of the recruit. It did. It well, well you're right. It
1: wasn't a picture. It was like a evil rendering. So, okay, so so what would you say? And and,
0: and it had tiny writing that you couldn't even read. I've good eyesight.
1: You no, you're being
0: a giant old man. Are you talking no, about- I okay. I I have very good eyesight. So it had <laughs> the the evil picture which which some people aren't gonna like, and then yeah, Daniel only,
1: Daniel not his mom,
0: who yeah, almost didn't let him commit CD, to
1: Arizona State because of the devil, and they yeah. really leaned into the devil.
0: And, and I'm surprised Herm allowed it. And then they swung open, they swung open the CD case, and he's sitting there, and it's tiny writing. I was like, it was it was a bad job.
1: Okay, um, first of all, you know Herm had absolutely nothing to do with this. This is correct. This but, is an Antonio but, Pierce special, but which, like yeah. it i I would say that I personally thought it was excellent for the reason that I'm putting myself in recruit shoes and you're talking about a partnership with BDE Entertainment, Kendrick Lamar says his label, all that stuff. The music was good. It was dark. it was um the music was good it it was it definitely gave off that like we're the bad guy vibe, right? Yeah, that part of it was cool. But you're right. It was just compared to all this other stuff that every other college did to put
0: the face of the player out there. ASU did not have that. And and it took a lot of pre-work for this, for the for some of the other schools in the upper tier. Like it took a lot of 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 pre-production work.
1: Yeah, and then I, w- I would throw but I would throw Arizona above Arizona State. I know Arizona State had huddle highlights and everything, or Arizona had huddle highlights, but that 15 second video, which like the desert and the drawing of the player was kind of cool, but that's all it was, and I guess that's all you can expect when you don't have a head coach
0: at yeah. your school. That's that's true. And so so my so my next tier is Arizona State, Washington, because so so Arizona State Washington Utah Arizona and UCLA are in my next tier because Arizona State first well I already said Arizona State but Washington their original video so they did come come back with highlight videos after that but I'm just talking about the initial yeah. when the commitment like the 15 to 30 second deals right um or whatever they put out first you dub they so they had these like, Almost like um boomerangy kind of videos where they're just have them in the jersey. It it wasn't as good as it could have been. Like it it wasn't as good as it could have or should have been. So the the Washington one had like a film strip,
1: but you couldn't really tell it was a film strip. And then also it had um it was like a, that Facebook three hundred and sixty degree photo that you could take that it like moved back and forth that was okay yeah nothing nothing spectacular about it
0: correct um and then the last thing was was um oh and then with with utah's all right they theirs was just yes it was the ncaa game but it wasn't good but it gave me warm fuzzies well, it, it gave you warm fuzzies, but the recruits didn't even play NCAA 14. And when they, they were 14 this, <laughs> six years ago? Six years ago, these kids were 12. Seven. Seven years ago, because remember yes, they always yes. put the oh yeah, they always yeah, yeah. put that the year after on the game. Exactly. Seven years ago, these, these kids were twelve. They were probably I mean, I guess some of them may have played, but they weren't into it like that.
1: Yeah. Oh man, what a bummer. Um, I wish we still had that game. Uh what did you think of Washington State's Mel Kuiper video that they did?
0: I thought it was good. It was, you know, it yeah, I thought it was solid.
1: It wasn't uh, like the best they,
0: production value ever, but it was cool hearing that da da, da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good hearing that hearing that draft music. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was solid. Um all right so what does
1: that where does where does that leave us I I already told you that I liked Oregon but that there was another school that we okay.
0: haven't mentioned yet Yep and um, okay so my, my my next tier after that was okay so with Arizonas I thought the Arizonas was okay you know considering they didn't have a head coach I I kind of graded them on a curve um and then it was Washington State so we just talked about that dude bruh so yeah so so cows original so i this was unfair because ralph showed me cows videos but he showed me the recruiting video the recruiting hype video first right which came out
1: back in may it came out back in may to sort of build up to this class so it's been a long-standing campaign hashtag make the move
0: Yeah. And, and so it slanted how I felt about it because it was so Bay area. (laughs) It was, it was the branding on it was just, Oh my God. It it started out with Colin, Colin Coward talking about San Francisco and the Bay area, how Silicon Valley, all of this hyping up the school element. And then it just came with NFL prospect after NFL prospect after NFL prospect. And then them, them going out there like going stupid, going, going dumb. Like it was so hyphy. They had a Cam Jordan
1: halftime interview. They had, uh, they had a Marshawn Lynch in a Cal uniform, which you don't see very often. e Um,
0: E 40, E-40. It was just a good look. And then
1: they had the, and then, and then my favorite all-time favorite Cal, uh, player, they had Deshaun Jackson, like picking the hat. Yep. And that that
0: yeah. end of the video, no Aaron Rodgers. Uh, did you catch any Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, no, I didn't. I was neither surprised. did I. Yeah. I was surprised. Um, and yeah, and I liked the Oregon video too. I thought they put a ton of production into it. It was it was solid. It was just a good announcement video. Um, USC put a ton of production value in, into theirs. I like the Boulevard thing, but it doesn't feel as. It doesn't feel as catchy to me as I I want to. Make the move? Yeah, like, the
1: boulevard, for me, almost is borderline fetch. Like, you're going to try to make this happen, and I don't think it's going to happen. Yep. But tell me, so, surprise, a big surprise, number one, I think, for both you and me,
0: what was your number one? My number one was Stanford. Mine, too. Dude, Stanford, so... The best part about their video was that that you actually got a chance to know the recruit and their backstory. I actually cannot wait to go and watch every single one of them because it tells it shows you pictures from their childhood. Like this was months. I mean, or at least weeks in the making. And they They stayed the hell out of it. So like Colorado had a version of this, but it was like an award
1: show with a random coach reading who the signee was and then just with a zoom lighting. meeting with yeah and then like a it's random amazing. zoom meeting with a guy who didn't seem like he cared that much. This this was more like the Tom Rinaldi stay the hell out of it and just let you speak, you know? And I, yeah. I, man, they were good. They're, I and it's it speaks to the age that we're in of where name, image, and likeness is going to be this big thing, and you're going to care about who these people are because that's going to be part of their
0: brand. And it feels like Stanford nailed it. Oh, dude, that was absolutely awesome from Stanford. They by far had the best video. They, it, it's not even close. Who did the best job? And it was Stanford. They get kudos. I mean, dude, that was absolutely awesome. I, I couldn't so, knew. so you're one, two, three. You're one, two, three. Mine
1: is, I'm going Stanford, Cal. I'm not even sure who my third would be.
0: I'm going Stanford. And then I'm going USC because USC put so much production value into it. And then I'm going Oregon and Cal because I'm not going to count Cal's video okay all right uh (laughs) i'll go stanford cal
1: washington state just because i liked the voiceover of them and and i i I thought it was cool to to incorporate the uh the draft music um with everything but i i felt like really the only couple of teams that that didn't impress me um Ultimately, it didn't matter for them because they had an okay, you know, UCLA had an okay class. Um, And Arizona, you know, what are you going to do if you're Arizona? Exactly. The fact that kids even signed
0: with you, you should have just thrown confetti in the air. Thank you guys for listening to the Pac-12 Apostles Podcast, man. Recruiting edition. We will catch you guys next week when bowl games will announce. We'll know who won the Pac-12 championship and everything. Please make sure that you share. Uh, like the episode all these things peace out catch you next episode